Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. So church, this morning we're going to, everybody say meat. Meat. We're going to eat some meat today. We're going to eat some meat and not just some some milk. We're, we're going to get into some of the depths of the Word of God. And in particular, I want to talk to you about the last days because if we are not in the last days, we are very close. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 24, when, when Jesus talks about the last days, he, he gives us some signs that he says are the birth pains. They are the beginning of labor. He says it's not the great tribulation that is going to come, but he says these are some of the signs that that you need to look for, and it'll give you an indication of what will happen in the last days. And so over this over this series, I want to talk about I want to talk about, for example, we need to redefine now according to the Bible who is Satan, because now uh, Satan is now becoming the hero, and and God is becoming the villain. We we. We need to talk about chapter 1 of of the book of Romans where where Paul says that God gives people over uh, to be deceived to a reprobate mind. What is a a reprobate mind? What kind of thinking is that? But today in particular, I want to talk to you about the church. What the Bible describes the church will become in the last days. And maybe you've heard of this word or not, but Paul warns us that in the last days, the church will become apostate. It will be in a condition where really it leaves the truth and follows false teaching. It, it begins to absorb popular culture. It, it begins to absorb ideas from the world. And so literally it corrupts itself. Now, while this is happening, God is still moving by his spirit. God is, God is pouring out. It's not that God is not working. God is working by his spirit. And, and because of that, there will be a remedy of people that will be the true faith, will be the body of Christ, but they will be the minority because Paul tells the the church in Thessalonica that there will be a great falling away before the Lord returns. There will be a great falling away from the people of God. Why? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 24 that because iniquity and sin will abound, in other words, it's just going to be everywhere, that really there's going to be three groups of people that are going to wax cold. Jesus said the love of many is going to wax cold. What does that mean? Well, here's what he's saying. He's saying because of all that is happening, all the corruption, the greed, the lust, everything that is going on, three, there's three types of people that will emerge. The people that will corrupt the church from the inside. In other words, they're going to absorb sin and things that the Bible calls iniquity into the church and say, let's accept that. Let's be tolerant of this. Uh, secondly, uh, some people will just depart completely. Some people will just go, you know what? I've, I've had it. This is ridiculous. I didn't sign up for this. So you have people corrupting the faith. You have people that are desert, deserting the faith. And then you have people that are just indifferent. They just, they just go like, I don't care. You know what? Whatever, whatever happens happens. I don't care. But in the midst of this, you will have a remnant. You will have the true church that that loves the Lord, that continues to follow the word of God. And that's the group that I desire for you to be in. And so the purpose of this series is, is not to scare the hell out of you, although that wouldn't be a bad thing, to be honest with you, right? 
little play on words there, but, but it, I, I'm here to prepare you. I'm here to warn you. I'm, I'm here to connect for you that the things that you are watching in the world, that you're watching in the news and that you're hearing about all the, all the time are literally in the Bible, that the Bible tells us these are the signs. This is what's going to happen. As much as the, the haters of God and the haters of the Word of God tell you that this book is antiquated and is not connected to reality, anymore. This book absolutely predicts their behavior 100% of the time. So he tells us this is what's going to happen. So I'm here to warn you. I'm here to prepare us so that we don't become apostate. We don't become part of this false religion. We don't become part of this false church. And so going through the motions of, of Christianity, but having no power, having no transformation. You know, when Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. So you and I are being transformed into the image of Christ. But in the world, I want you to notice what is happening. They are being transitioned. You hear this word all the time? The world is being transitioned. We are being transformed. They are being transitioned. And, and here's the problem. Here's the problem that as the world transitions, they say to the church, hey, transition with us. And if you don't transition with us, we're going to attack you. We're going to label you. We're going to criticize you because the beginning of persecution, if you watch in any historical movement, the beginning of, of persecution is always you need to marginalize a people. You just don't arrive at persecution. First, you marginalize them. You begin to name call them. You, you begin to label them. And you, you, you know anybody in this country that, that loves to name call people? Hmm? Marginalize people so that when... Other people, society hears about what's going on. Rather than people revolting, they go, oh, you know what? Those people deserve it. Those people are bigots. Those people are haters. Those people are narrow-minded. Good. You know, good that they were attacked. Good that they lost their jobs. Good that, that this is happening. And by the way, church, we're not very far removed from COVID. I hope that you have not lost the lessons of COVID. I, I hope you understand how the unvaccinated were treated. I really believe with all my heart that that is a blueprint for what will happen when Antichrist comes. And it's not that difficult. It's not that difficult for people to turn on people. It's not that difficult for us to even separate from family members and, and for us to believe that the person beside us is a, is a walking time bomb and, and, and they're, and they're going to blow us up. And, and, and you know, church, I, I took all kinds of grief and all kinds of accusations and, and you're a conspiracy theorist, but I want you to notice, I want you to notice that little by little, they are releasing all the conspiracies to you to be the truth. Little by little, because they know people can't take it all at once, but little by little, everything that, that was said is now, is now coming to, to light. Do you know that in the state of Montana, in the state of Montana, they don't want blood transfusions from vaccinated people. There are airlines now that are saying, if you're a pilot, because of what it's doing to people's hearts, we, if you're vaccinated, we don't want you to be a pilot in our company. Wait a minute, I thought the reverse was true before. See, part of the reality of what creates an apostate church is that the truth is always suppressed. 
The truth is resisted. Do you notice in life, do you notice in life, honestly, in this country, we ought to pass a law. We ought to pass a law that if a politician cannot answer a question and cannot tell the truth, you should be fired. It is nauseating. It is nauseating to watch question period and, you know, we're, we're, we're leaders of the nation that are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars are asked simple yes or no questions and man, they just skirt and skirt and skirt and skirt and hide and no accountability. Honestly, you belong in prison. But let me tell you who is in prison. Let's go back to that COVID because, because there are things that are happening in our nation that you thought would never occur. And, COVID times, we had pastors that were arrested, churches that were, were barred and fenced, fines that were unbelievable, not because they're murderers and rapists. No, you know why? Because they, they wanted to have a church service, because they wouldn't bow to the, to the, to the health ministry mafia, unelected people that decided they were in power and and you know, these pastors were going to kill everybody, which by the way, never statistically proven that there was ever any breakout of any kind, but put these pastors in prison, confiscated property, locked up, locked in Canada. I'm not talking about some third world nation. I'm talking about in Canada. These are the things that are happening because you see the move away from God. You see the move away from the word of God. You, you see the, the move, can I say this way, Pastor Alicia, not only into secularism. First, I thought it was secularism, but, but you know what the reality is? It's becoming diabolical. I'm going to talk about that next week. It is, it is literally becoming demonic in nature. And if you don't submit, if you don't capitulate, I'm telling you, they, 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 are, they are Nazis. They, they, you know, they, always, they always talk about the right-wing you know, right extremists. How come there's no extremists on the left? How come there's no radical people on the left? They're only, they're only if you have conservative values. And, and I want to give you two stories. I want to give you two stories, a negative and a positive, so, so that you'll understand. And I'm going to get to the Word of God. Pastor Moses said to me, and it wasn't in a critical way. I asked for feedback, and, and, and he said, Pastor, it was like you threw a lot at the people. So, so, so here's what I'm going to say. My notes are on the website. I'll try, I'll try to say less. And I'll try to say it in a, uh, in a significant way. This is, what, this is why collaboration and teamwork and ironing, sharpening iron is so important. Two stories. Number one, here's the positive story. Because I really believe this, that when the church functions the way the church should function, there is no more powerful force on the face of the earth than the body of Christ. But let me say this, that when it becomes corrupted, you see, I, I, I love what... When Prophet Ted was here with us, he said, he said, it's not so much that the devil wants to destroy the church, the devil wants to run the church. Because the church is powerful. There's purpose in running the church, maybe, maybe even more important than destroying the church. And so I'm standing here, we're greeting people at the end of the service last week, and, and one of our people brings this beautiful young lady to me, vibrant, just, just a beautiful young lady, and, and I'm going I'm to change her name, I'm going to call her Georgia, that's not her real name, but he said to me, Pastor Georgia, and he, he introduced her as though I should know her, and I looked at her and I thought, hi, you know. And she reacted like she knew me. Maybe she was a little bit offended, like, why is he responding to me like this? And she begins to talk to me. 
And, and at one point in the conversation, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I, do I know this person? Do I know this person? I, I can't make the connection. And I know what you're thinking, Pastor, you're just old, but it was not an old moment, all right? It wasn't an old moment. But then in the conversation, she says, Sir, I've been looking for you. Well, sir, to me is, you're from the school. You're from the school. She's from the school. I'm like, okay, she's from the school, bro. Let's make the connection. And, and all of a sudden, she's like, I've been looking for you. I've been looking for you. And, and, and I said, well, why were you looking for She goes, I have to tell you something. And, and all of a sudden, I recognize, wow, this is a former student of mine. But church, not from five years ago. I'm talking about December. She'd come into the class, she would sit in the corner. Always had this darkness about her. She had this, always had this gloomy, kind of gangster look. She would dress very, very, not provocative, but just very, um, I don't know the word. You, you know, you know when, when I say gangster look, that kind of, you know? And every time she would come in, there'd be like almost like a cloud over her. She wasn't doing well in her studies. She really wouldn't answer my questions in the class. But every class, whenever she would come in late, leave early. I mean, it was just, but my heart would just go out to her. And, you know, and at the end of the semester, I said to her, Georgia, I want to speak to you. And I, I brought her forward and I gave her a word. I gave her a word of the Lord. And I don't remember the word, but I gave her a word. And she said to me, remember you gave me a word. And I was like, that's who you are. She said, Pastor, I was in a dark place. I was in a dark church. They were doing some weird things in witchcraft. They had targeted me. And she, she said, you know, all this, all this thing was over my life. And she said, you gave me that word. She said, that word transformed my life. And the reason I didn't know who she was, church, was the transformation. I mean, physically, her face, everything about her was so different that literally I didn't know was the same human being that was standing in front of me because that's the power of God. That's the power of God. I said, I mean, this girl wouldn't smile before. I said, I said, you don't look anything like yourself. And she goes, I know. She goes, but I had to, and I, you know, I appreciated this so much. She goes, I had to come and find you. She told me where she was going to church now. She lives uh, somewhere in the West. She goes, I had to come and find you to tell you that this is what happened. Because when the church works the way it's supposed to, it's absolutely powerful. But the negative side of that is that clearly that church went into an apostate mode. Let me give you another story about where I'm going today. Pastor Moses was sharing with me that a student friend of his, when they were in Bible school together, this young lady is transitioning as a Christian, is transitioning from a woman to a man, but still in the church because God loves her and all the rest of it. And she got angry and offended because now she doesn't want to go to the women's ministry. She wants to go to the men's ministry. But the men's ministry won't take her because they know she's a woman. So instead of getting right with God, what do they do? They, they go online and they attack the church, the pastor, all the rest of it. And, and of course, you see the the social media realm has made heroes of cowards. And of course, 
they don't go by the word of God. They don't support the church. They, they begin to support her and woe is you. And of course, then they bring out their old wounds of their old churches and all their, and of all their issues of church. This is why, listen, this is why we need to be healed in our hearts. This is why we need to be whole so that when the enemy comes, the enemy can exploit us regarding the things we've experienced in the church. And, and I want to just say this. If the church has hurt you, you have a Father in heaven that can heal you. But then he said, but then pastor, there was another student who is now a pastor who actually liked the post of the ranting that was occurring. And so Pastor, what are you talking about? So watch what happens. If that church doesn't capitulate to what she is saying, right? Then all of a sudden it could go to the media. It could become a lawsuit. So because of pressure, then many times they, they just give in and say, oh, you know what? Let her, let her go to the men's ministry. It's too much of a hassle. And here's what happens. The church becomes apostate. The church leaves the truth and begins to accept false teaching. Do you know what I appreciate about this Jordan Peterson? And by the way, the, uh, the Psychological Association, you know, wants to remove his license. Do you know why? Because he tells the truth. Because when it comes to transgenderism, you know what? He said it online. He said, listen, every psychologist will tell you this is a mental health issue. It's an illness. He said all the literature is there. But you see, they don't want to follow the science when it's not convenient. That's just the truth. But because it's so politicized, you see, they don't want to follow it. Pastor-wise, it's important because here's what you need to understand. The culture of the world wants to encroach on the culture of the church to absorb their beliefs, absorb their ways, so that then the church becomes apostate. And, and, and those that will refuse become the remnant, but they become a minority that ultimately it's easier to persecute. And here's where we're going. So why to turn? I want you to stand with me. Are we okay so far? Are we okay so far? 2 Timothy, I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 because Paul tells us a little bit about the last days. Now church, I want to remind you that in the book of Acts, the Bible says that God says in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit. In the book of Hebrews, it says that, you know, God has spoken to us through prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. But in 2 Timothy, Paul says this, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times, that word means dangerous times. Not just, not just hard times. Dangerous times will come. For men, being mankind, will be, notice this word, will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud. This is not a key word in today's society. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. Wow. Brutal. You want to know what brutal is? Go online. Despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And he says, and from such people turn away. For this is the sort who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. 
men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs was also. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have warned us. The truth is in front of us. And decisions have to be made. We thank you that you would give us strength and conviction to follow your word. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Also, on you may be seated. I want you to notice that Paul also said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, For the time will come, in verse 3, the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and they'll be turned aside to fables. You see, they, you know, you don't, they don't want to hear people like myself that are going to preach the word of God and, and preach it with grace and preach it with love and, and preach it with truth. No, no, no. See, see, they're going to raise people up that'll scratch their itching ear. It's another gospel, a, a gospel of tolerance, a gospel that says, well, you know, we, we receive everybody. We want everybody. And, and no matter what your lifestyle is, you know, all roads lead to heaven. I have news for you. There's only one road that leads to heaven. <laughs> only one. Jesus said, I am the way. There aren't multiple ways. He said, he said, I am the way. See, that's narrow-minded, that's bigoted, that, that's full of hatred in the minds of those that want to do what, whatever they want to do. This is why Satan, I'll talk about this next week, this is why Satan is becoming the symbol of the one that stands against tyranny because, you know, people don't want their lives restricted. People don't want their lives, you know, being led by God. Now watch what will happen. They don't want to be led by God, but you're going to be led by a robot. Isn't it amazing today? Isn't it amazing that you go online and depending on where you go, we have robots now that ask you if you're human. Are you human? Robots are asking you. You know, you, you, you look at some of these movies like iRobot and, and you know, Eye in the Sky and all these other things and, and you think, oh wow, it's just a, no, it's not just a movie. These, these are things that people have clearly conjured up that are going to be coming on the face of the earth. And so let me, let me just, before I, I get too far, I, I want to define the days that we're in. You need to understand God's calendar. The Bible says that a day, Peter says this to us, that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. It's in our Bible, right? A day with the Lord. It's actually found in 2 Peter 3 and 8. For those of you that take notes, it says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. Why is that important? Well, let's do the calendar. From Adam to Abraham, you have 2,000 years, two days. From Abraham to Jesus, you have 2,000 years. That's another two days, so two plus two is four. And from Jesus to today, 2,000 years, which is another two days, which is six. God created man on the sixth day. On the seventh day, all things came to completion and he rested. Which means in God's calendar, you're living in the sixth day. The seventh day is coming. And Jesus said, here's the signs of the times. I'll take you there in a moment. Of what you're going to see before the seventh day. 
before I return, before I accomplish all things. And, and church, let me say this. Let us not forget that the Father has said to the Son, sit here at my right-hand side until I make all your enemies your footstool. Hmm? He said, ask of me. Ask of me and I will give you the nations. You understand that the nations belong to Jesus. That Jesus won them from the devil and the devil got them from Adam. The nations were given to Adam. Adam gave them over to Satan and then Satan lost it. Luke chapter 4, he lost it when he tempted Jesus. Jesus overcame him and then at the cross he says, it is finished. My friends, the nations belong to Jesus. Now you tell that to governments today, they'll, you know, they're like, oh, you're an anarchist, you're, you're going you're to overthrow the government, you're going to, you know, you're blah, 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 listen, listen, we're, we're not here to overthrow anything, here's what God says, I'm going to burn everything up and rebuild it. And you know what he says in those days when Jesus returns? He says that he will rule with a rod of iron. <laughs> the lamb, it ain't the lamb that's coming back, the lion's coming back. The judge is coming back, the one in authority, the one that says, I've won these nations. They belong to me. And those that rebel, the Bible says they will stop from being nations. So, so not only are we living in the six days, but listen to this. Listen to this. From Adam to Jesus, you have 62 generations. And from, uh, and from Jesus to today, you have 62 generations. Sometimes we think, oh, the beginning of the world was so, no, 124 generations. That's it. It's not that far. How many understand that God is a God of numbers? So what does the Bible tell us about the, the times that we're living in? And please, please hear my heart. Please hear my heart. I, I, I'm going to say some things. I'm not talking about people. I'm not inciting violence. I'm not inciting racism. I'm telling you that the Bible speaks about certain nations and certain things that are, that are coming together. It talks about the bear. It talks about various nations, but, but watch what's happening in the world. Some, some key things I want you to see that there's this constant talk about a two-state solution for Israel. Anybody hear about that? People go, oh, that's a good thing, Pastor. You know, give, give half to the Palestinians and, and, and give half to the Israelis. But, but here's the problem. God said, I have given this land to these people and you mess with this land, I will judge you. Is that the word? I want you to notice that two superpowers that were never friends, China and Russia, all of a sudden they are making alliances with one another. And while they are making alliances with one another, you have a president with all due respect that belongs in a nursing home. Not having the codes of nuclear missiles. So while these two superpowers are aligning, America is getting weaker. Then you have the Russians saying, hey, remember all those nuclear deals that we had? We weren't going to use these missiles. They, Putin says, hey, those things are off the table now. My friends, do you understand that the world is closer to nuclear war than it's ever been? Pastor, is nuclear war in the Bible? Well, go to the book of Ezekiel where the Bible describes people and their, and, their eye, and their eyeballs literally melting in their eye sockets. What it is describing for you and their flesh melting right off their bones, it is describing for you nuclear war. 
at some point there will be a nuclear war. And, and then all of a sudden, in the book of Revelation, we're told that a nation and all the nations of the world are going to descend upon Israel because of this whole two-state issue. And the Bible says that a nation with an army of 200 million people will descend upon Israel. And this prophecy was given when there wasn't even a population of 200 million people in the entire world. But today, China has an army of 200 million men. Well, it gets better. The Bible talks about the Euphrates River drying up. Guess what's happening? And as the Euphrates River is drying up, the Dead Sea is coming to life. Some of you floated with me in the Dead Sea, and some of you will, well, now you're going to have to float in the Living Sea, and I don't know if it... We, got, we better get there before you can't float, is all I'm going to say. It's quite a cool experience, but the Dead Sea is coming to life. The Euphrates is, is what? Is drying up. When it comes to persecution, listen, do you understand that more Christians have been martyred for the cause of Christ in the last hundred years than 2,000 years put together? See, just because it hasn't happened here yet, just because it hasn't happened here yet. These are some of the things that are, that are beginning to happen. And, and we understand that these then become the, 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 the birth pangs that Jesus described in Matthew 24. Look at verse, in verse 10, he talks about, or sorry, in verse 6, he talks about wars and rumors of wars and nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom. He, in verse 7, he talks about famine. Anybody here them, them predicting to you that there's going to be food shortages? That you, you know, and you can't eat meat because, because you got to save the planet. He says there's going to be famines. Church, can I just say some famines are made? Well, it didn't go over well. All right. Um, he talks about wars, rumors of wars. He talks about famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. He talks about disease and shaking. You know, I, I just listed nine things off the top of my head. AIDS, monkeypox, SARS, swine flu, bird flu, COVID variants, Ebola, West Nile, some superbugs. I'm sure you can name more, and more are coming. And the Bible says that some of them will be such, such powerful plagues that in some cases, never mind COVID, it will wipe out, it will wipe out a quarter of the population. Read the book of Revelation. Now, some of you have this belief that, well, you know what, pastor and all can go to hell because we're not going to be here. I want to submit to you that you are going to be here. Because even if you are rapture-believing people, the majority of people that believe in the rapture don't even qualify. <laughs> Two things I want to say to you rapture people. Number one, you can't even explain it to me biblically. And number two, the majority of people can't even tell me how they qualify. But see, you have this idea, well, you know, I, I, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, therefore I qualify. I don't even know what the qualifications are because I can't find them in the Word of God. But it says to me that the majority are going to be left behind, which means you're going to be here anyway. Oh, it got really quiet in the church now. Listen, I'm not here to offend you. I just want you to be critical thinkers. I want, you to, I want you to be able to ask questions and analyze what is really going on in the last days because the reality is they're going to be difficult times and I want to prepare you so that you don't become one of them. So that you don't give in to it. Thursday. Am I doing okay? Thursday, I'm, 
Thursday, I'm coming home. I'm coming home from school. And I'm just flipping the radio stations. And, you know, I don't even know, I don't even know why this is saved on my, I'm going to have to go and change it. But one of the most left-wing, liberal, I mean, it's just, it's disgusting, this radio station. It comes on, but all of a sudden, there was this little person. I heard their voice, and I was like, well, what's this about? This little 10-year-old was giving a speech. And she was saying, and by the way, I don't think 10-year-olds talk like this. Uh, I'm sure that speech was written for her and she was saying how she was transgender and how she was non-binary and she should be allowed to use any washroom that she wants to because she needs to be safe and she needs to be comfortable. And, and I thought to myself, what about the other side of the coin? How come they don't have to be safe and comfortable? But you know, she did a little speech, they all applaud and then, and then the, the, the DJ, the host comes on, and I'm pretty sure he's heterosexual. He comes on and he just is livid. And he's like, you ignorant people, you, you haters, you know, you fear mongerers. You don't want these people to use, you know, washrooms because you believe your daughters are going to be attacked and your wives are going to be attacked. And he says, you know, you, know you're, you, 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 pull, you pull out the rare one to two cases that may happen. I thought to myself, well, maybe that one to two cases should be maybe your wife or your daughter. You moron. Is one or two cases acceptable? And, and so you should have heard the argument. I'm sitting in the car and I'm thinking to myself, that's you, bro. You're, you're the ignorant. You're the hater. You're, you're, you're the one that is going to persecute this little girl. And, and I'm sitting in the car thinking to myself, why am I feeling ashamed? You, you know what the Bible says? Here's what Jesus said. He said, if those days, speaking of the last days, he says, if those days were not shortened, the very elect would be deceived. The wickedness of the diabolical is so convincing, so smart, that literally you're, you're going you're gonna to say to yourself, maybe that's the truth. And, and then he warns us. He says, and by the way, people are going to come in my name. False prophets are going to rise up. They're going to tell you that, uh, you know, they're the Messiah. And it is going to be so convincing that we're going to go, maybe that's him. He says, I have to shorten the days. I have to shorten the days because nobody would survive. Which brings up another interesting question. If the church has been raptured, why would he have to shorten the days? I don't know, just one of those questions. All right, um, just want to throw that out there. Pastor Ranjeev is like, he's like, Pastor, you're killing me. I don't know what to do with all this stuff. And so um, let, let me give you some signs. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Uh, Elroy, come up here, bro. That way people believe I'm almost done, all right? Um, I want you to see some signs. I want you to see some signs of the apostate church. I'm almost, are we okay? Am I doing all right? Number one, number one, the, the truth is suppressed and resisted. Sound doctrine is removed and false teaching takes its place. And, and when we're talking about false teaching, we're talking about the doctrines of demons and, and seducing spirits that, that literally we are being taught by diabolical, diabolical entities and we don't even know it. We think it's some sort of political correct thing. They will accept sin and iniquity in the name of tolerance. And, and by the way, church, tolerance is not a biblical concept. You know what Jesus taught us? Compassion. See, compassion says, because I don't want you to go to hell, I'm going to tell you the truth. Because God loves people. And yes, even in our church, 
Even in our church, you can come as you are. You just can't stay as you are. <laughs> yeah. You need to repent. And so notice self-love, love of money, love of ple pleasure. The love for Christ is replaced. It's a, it's a, it's a me church. It's, it's how do I feel good? And it's all, it's all about me and what's in it for me. And let's stop talking about me. Let's talk more about me. A church that celebrates form but has no power. It is a church where sexuality is rampant. <laughs> If, if I take you to the book of Revelation, you won't like this Jesus. The book of Revelation to the church of Thyatira, you know what Jesus says? He says, I have this against you because you allow that prophetess Jezebel to prophesy and to seduce my servants into sexual immorality. You know what he says, Pastor Alicia? Jesus he says, I've given her time to repent, and if you don't repent, Jesus said, I will kill her children with death. See, you don't want to, see, you're like, oh, we don't want to know that Jesus. Oh, yeah, that, that's the same Jesus. Because, church, I want to tell you something. God is not going to be mocked. You're not going to mock God. The nonsense that, that is going on, God will respond. God will respond. It's, 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 a, it's a church that redefines biblical values and they, they seek feeling and they seek spiritual manifestations. Now, now listen to me, listen to me. Not that, not that we're not seeking the power of God. We want the power of God. But they're not seeking the power of God. They want signs and wonders. See, we want the, the power of God to set people free. Do you know in that Asbury revival, Pastor Ma, I didn't even know this when we did the podcast, you know, they, they would have altar calls and, and then they would, you know, bring people outside of the sanctuary. And, and, and you know what they said? Of all the people that responded to altar calls and, and they brought for ministry, they said 70% of the people manifested demons. Do you remember Herod wanted to see Jesus because he was some circus act? No, 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 no. The power of God is to set people free. I need to close. I need to close. I want you to stand with me, church. I'm going I'm to read. I'm going to read from the last part of the church to Thyatira and, and Jay you could come up and listen to what Jesus says to this church at the end the same one where he talks about that Jezebel by the way not the same Jezebel of the Old Testament this is a different Jezebel um, there's a reason we don't call our children Jezebel hmm? and there was a day there was a day that they would call their sons and dogs, you know, they would call their sons Caesar. Today we call our dogs Caesar. Revelation 2 and 25 says this, but behold, he says, but hold fast to what you have till I come. And he overcomes and keeps my works until the end. To him I will give the power over the nations. 
He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Pastor Mo. Church, this morning as we end with a victory song, because I know that there's a lot of dark and evil things that are occurring, but, but at the end of the day, I want you to understand that in Christ we have victory and that ultimately Christ is going to rule and reign. That is the truth. That is the Word of God. But for us personally, because it's easy to become offended. Offense, listen to me church, offense is the, is, is, is the grip of the enemy. He hooks you by offense because you get caught up in, in what's happening in the world and oh, those people are suffering and those people are my people and, and therefore it's my offense. It's not your offense. But you see, if it's in your heart, you're going to become offended and you're going to criticize the church and, and you become in danger of what? Either corrupting the church, deserting the church, or you become indifferent. You become cold. Oh, let me just go through the motions. Let me, let me go through the activity. And, and you don't even recognize this thing is running through your spiritual veins. And, and little by little, you're becoming a block of ice. But when the Holy Spirit comes, Pastor Moses, the fire of God causes us to burn for Jesus. So that we are passionately in love. I just want to help. If I could help somebody, listen to this. I just, I know we have to go home. I know we have to go home. If the church has hurt you, any church, any pastor, any leader, please allow me to ask forgiveness for them. Let me stand in their place to say, you know, I don't like the word sorry and apology, but let me ask forgiveness as, as one that is in that office. Let me ask forgiveness of them to you so that you might be whole and healed and that you don't need to walk around like an orphan and a broken person or Pastor Moses like that paralyzed man. We don't need any more spiritually paralytic people. We need those four men that can bring the paralytic to the house of God. This is why this is why we want a strong house and a strong family where the presence of Jesus would be in the midst of us. So whether they are carried or whether they are let down or whatever way they find their, their way to the house of God or, or they find their way to you because you're the hands and feet of Jesus, that when they encounter this man Jesus, they will be made whole. Behold today. Behold in your mind. Behold in your emotions. Behold in your body. Behold.